Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we're talking about prayer. The prayers that Jesus made, the way Jesus is asking us to pray. I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Becky Clark. I'm Doug DeGraffen-Reed. So join us as we go deeper. All right, prayers of Jesus. There's a bunch of prayers in the New Testament of Jesus, but this week we are really focusing on just a few, but we've got kind of some of Jesus's prayer habits towards the front of this week's reading, Mm -hmm. which is where we begin in the book of Mark. Uh, So if we want to go ahead and look at that, we can go ahead and kind of get started, <clears throat> I guess. Which this is the passage that you you preached this past Sunday, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're going to give us, you've already given us more information. I have a, a, a startup question. Oh, okay. She's got questions. Okay, I do. I do. I have a startup question. Mm-hmm. So because we're looking at the prayers of Jesus and and the importance of prayer, this is my first question. Where does the idea of prayer or the need of prayer originate? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. I would. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Deep thinker right here. So Deep thinker. He's already got a tab there. Do you want to go back all the, the way back, all the way back? Um, uh, we'll go back as far as you want, because uh, the, the point is, right, like we're looking at Jesus is, is showing the discipline and the importance of prayer, right? Mm-hmm. That needs to be a part of our lives. But mm-hmm. why and and where did this idea originate of prayer? Why is it needed? What, mm-hmm. You know, because it doesn't start with Jesus. You know, <clears throat> so I'm ready. History created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are created with a need for God. All okay. human beings. It doesn't matter where you are or where you're located because of how we are made. We default toward calling out to one that is larger than ourselves. We look up at the stars and heavens and go, wow, Mm -hmm. there must be someone or something out there that created that. And Mm -hmm. right now I have needs, desires, wants, problems, conflicts greater than myself. I'm going to call out to that one that is greater than I am Okay, in the hopes that my my calling out will be answered. I, I say it's it's in our making as human beings. It's all the way back to Genesis one mm-hmm. when we are made in the image of God. We're told Abram, when he finally leaves his daddy's house, he invokes the name of the Lord at um, Bethel, and that's okay. the first recorded place in Scripture where someone invokes or calls upon the name of the Lord. So is your is your hypothesis then that this is the first prayer potentially? Yeah, I think it. it the Bible may be telling us it's the first prayer. Because um, Adam and Eve didn't need it in the garden. No, God's they, walking. That's with right. There, he's walking with them. So there's there's no need for this idea of conversation between you and God. That obviously God is not right next to you. And it tells us Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. So mm-hmm. obviously there's this. 
intimacy early on that um, diminishes or um, um, goes away. I think it's a natural inclination of humanity. Mm -hmm. Now, what we in the church do is um, we talk about prevenient grace. It's God's way of calling us into relationship with him and... um, we also teach and understand that prayer is like any depth conversation skills can be developed. You can learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. That's why marriage counselors have all the business they do. They're teaching <laughs> human beings who love each other what? How to communicate, how to communicate. with mm-hmm. each other. So mm-hmm. um, it's as natural as as human beings. Uh, and that's what prayer is in in the, the simplest of, of sense. It's just communication between... Mm-hmm. God and his people, mm-hmm. people, corporate, person, singular. Mm-hmm. It should be both. Um, so, and so the reason I ask this clarifying question is because in the church, we often talk about the discipline of prayer and it's just an understood that prayer is essentially important to mm-hmm. our lives. But mm-hmm. where does that originate of why it's important to our lives? That's really why I asked the question. Well, you, you so. see, can you... As you read the Old Testament narrative, can you imagine some of the prayers that Moses prayed on behalf of the children of Israel? <laughs> I just imagine well, Moses can you imagine like stomping his foot, shaking his fist, and like I don't know that there's prayers, maybe some bad words. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, when God God and Moses meet, you wonder who's talking who out of what, mm-hmm. right? Because <laughs> we talked about it, that in an earlier podcast when uh, we were talking about Moses saying, "Please, God, don't." Yeah. Like, yes. like you said, yes. you know, trying to talk God out of just destroying the whole camp of Israelites because <laughs> look what they did. Yeah. Um, and so is is that prayer or was that Jesus sure. communing I, I think, with God I, directly? I, I, I think, you know, Paul, when you go to the book of Romans, the eighth chapter, not that I should flip pages on a podcast, Absolutely but the, but the spirit the Spirit makes intercessions for us and groanings for us Uh that we don't understand. So Mm -hmm. prayer is such a gift that, ponder this, God helps us pray. Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to get to it in one of our, our, yeah, we're going to get to it today. No, it's in another another list of readings. But... um, you know, does prayer change us or does prayer change God? Ah. Well, I I know I've said this. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, uh, you may have to go further. Here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I remember growing up in church, mm-hmm. high church, uh, sitting in the pews, and, you know, we had the little pencils and the little things with the envelopes, and on every single little pencil, what did it say? It said prayer changes things. Mm-hmm. It was meant to, you know, write your amount in your offering envelope or whatever. But the pencil said prayer changes things, and something in me that just has always stuck with me that mm-hmm. when we pray, something changes. Whether that's me, mm-hmm. whether that's, I mean, I, am I powerful enough to change the heart of God? I don't know. I doubt it. But something changes. When the reading last week where the the more miracles of Jesus, one of the readings was from John 14, 
Mm-hmm. And um, it's where Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, mm-hmm. will do greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name mm-hmm. so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. And and I've said this in previous podcasts because I remember some of the things I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Greek uh, praying in Jesus' name does not mean adding in Jesus' name at the end of your prayer. Right. The Greek says, if into my name you ask, I will do anything. And when we pray in Jesus' name, we are praying into Jesus' name. We are praying into the character of Christ. We're praying into the character of Jesus. We are aligning ourselves with Christ. So the short answer is, yes, prayer changes things. It should change you. Yeah. Every time you pray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what we discover about what Jesus is saying is the more we're in alignment with what he has called us to be and do, the more we find our prayers in alignment with what he wants us to pray and the more we find our prayers being answered. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that lines up perfectly with... Uh, One of our readings. Well, but it lines up with a, a, a viewpoint I have of one of these common Christianese platitudes of the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. Uh, and m- my understanding, my in, my personal interpretation of that is not that God is going to give me what I want. Mm-hmm. What I pray is that, God, I want you to show me what you want for me. Mm-hmm. So I want you to put the desires in me that desire what you want for me. Clear as mud? I hope so. Clear well, as mud. Right. So you're, <laughs> the idea then is that as you are becoming more like Jesus, mm-hmm. the desires of your heart are the desires of Jesus. Yes. Right. Exactly. So yes, Jesus uh-huh. is going to give you the desires of your heart, which is the heart of him. Yes, Exactly. And then what does he want for us? He wants us to experience love mm-hmm. and joy and mm-hmm. peace. And he wants us to have and experience all the things we really want in life that we um, do all this weird stuff to get. And mm-hmm. he says, wait a minute, wait, over here, over here. <laughs> I've got something for you. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think Jesus does a lot of shaking his head in heaven going, oh yeah. boy, there they go again. Right. Prayer is not, oh Lord, help me pass this test. Oh, Lord, help the... I've prayed some of those. I've prayed some of those, yeah. too. Yeah. We've help, all prayed. Have you retained this information to say the right thing? Well, help, yeah, I Help my know. hockey team win. It's... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a hockey fan, and so, you know, it's... Uh, I'm, it's not, I'm competitive it. enough, too, that right. I would... I'm, I'm not, not sure God answers hockey prayers. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Only for Canadians. Only for... <laughs> All people, all people, yes, all, all hockey players, even Canadians, <laughs> yeah. even, even Canadians. moving right along. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So you said you, we have kind of moved into, I think mm-hmm. some of the things that we said kind of attaches with our Luke passage, mm-hmm. um, the Luke 10 passage of when he sends out the 72. I know we're jumping ahead from no, we, we, no, we may jump. It'll be okay. Um, because he sends out this 72 group of people. I don't, I don't know where they all came from. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess they've just all been following Jesus around for I a would while. imagine so, yeah. And in the middle of his ministry, is this what, I mean, it's just kind of smack dab in the middle of his three years, he decides mm-hmm. to send some people out? Yeah, he, he's testing the waters. Okay, so I have a, a linguistic question here. 
in my New King James, in my NASB, it says 70. Mm-hmm. And in the ESV, it says 72. 72. Why is it different? I'm just curious. Did they what miscount? Is, Did somebody miscount? What does yours say, Doug? It's it's always been 70, but he sends them out in pairs. And mm-hmm. I think that's where the... the Ah, uh, the 72. Where it okay. gets messed up. Oh. It's like the Greek. Jesus said, how many, you know, how many times are we supposed to forgive? A bunch. Uh, 70, 70 times, times seven yeah. or 70 times. Hmm. So it's just the way that numbers are done um, because they are actually words. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes you get those words. It's like mm-hmm. two, two, and two. Right. Which one did I say first? I don't know. Well, I said three twos. 22? It could be. Or 222. Well, or and two this, and 22. This is how it goes. But you look at the 70 and, and, and we've got... Um, uh, there's a variant, I see, I'm, I'm looking quickly to see, there are variant readings that mm-hmm. say 72. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and you know, the the, the scribes are there in the, the scriptoriums and they're listening to the abbot and the abbot is, is reading scripture and they're copying scripture and it gets <laughs> late in the afternoon and... <laughs> And, they did a little shorthand. And, and half, of the, half of the monks go, I uh, said 70, and the other half goes 72. And that's how variant readings crept into the, mm, the Bible. Gotcha. And they uh-huh. actually study those. Mm-hmm. And um, so what happened is the older manuscripts, um, Sinaiticus, Vaticanus, and some of the other ones say 70. So those are the heavier weighted manuscripts. But... Um, there are others that say 72. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's good, bad, or indifferent. I just noticed that. This is going to determine it. our salvation is that we understand if it was 70 <laughs> or two more than the 70. Right, so in the comments, I need you to leave your, your answer. Is it 70? Is it 72? We'll see who gets to go to heaven, depending on what your answer <laughs> <laughs> no, only 144,000 get true. to go to heaven. That's true. So. I'm still crossing my fingers and my uh-huh. toes, hoping on that one. There you go. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> we I, digress. Yes. We digress. Okay. He splits them up, mm-hmm. tells them where to go. Yeah. You say he's testing the waters, and he tells them, this is the whole, I mean, this is half of the point of reading this, is that he tells them to pray earnestly mm-hmm. for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers, right? So what is... Is he really saying earnestly? What is what does it mean then to pray earnestly? Is it does it mean to pray just the way we were talking about with the heart with the heart of Jesus? Does it does it mean to just like always pray? What is what does this earnestness of prayer mean? Read me your earnest. Is it in verse two? Uh, yes. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to sound, send out laborers into his harvest. Beseech is the word that one of mine uses. I don't have, oh. I don't have the Greek in front of me, <sighs> but the word earnestly is probably not in a Greek text. The De- translators have added it. Deomai? So prayer, just, just, just pray God. wasn't enough. Pray, pray with an adverb. Mm-hmm. Is what they felt like needed to happen. Well, yeah, we're obviously what happened is you've got a missionary society making the translation right there, okay. and, and they, like Jesus, uh, you need to pray really hard. Well, yeah, what is that? 
Right. But it's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, we tell right, people to, you know, when they're in situations, we'll say things like, we'll pray earnestly for the Lord to hear your heart or pray earnestly mm-hmm. for that situation. Well, what does that really mean? I mean, is it coming out of this passage, but what do we mean by it? I, absolutely. <laughs> I don't, when I pray earnestly, I, I'm, I don't think God counts our words. Mm-hmm. I think prayer, he looks mm-hmm. at our hearts. Have you ever been, somebody was praying and they, they just couldn't land the prayer plane? <laughs> it's like, yes. what yes. are they praying Experience for? Yes. Right. And, right. and it, it's a matter of, of being sincere and transparent. And again, you're praying to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that the three of us at this table all have unique ways of, of doing prayer. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. comes out of our heart, our soul, and our relationship to Jesus Christ. And um, Jesus wants us praying for the harvest. He wants us praying for laborers mm-hmm. to go out. And the the heartbreaking part of this passage right now is this has become so true mm-hmm. in North America. Well, man, that the right. harvest is plentiful, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still live in this cultural mindset that yeah, everybody's coming to church. Oh no, they're not. Yeah. We're, we're not mm-hmm. the minor. We're not the majority anymore. We are a very small minority yeah. of the American culture. And until the church catches on to the power of prayer in um, leading people to Christ and being a bold witness to Christ and the absolute need. You know, we're back in the 18th century again. Mm-hmm. There is a need for people to yeah. talk to the lost about mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And well, and and this we get further down into this passage in verse 13, where Jesus starts talking about <clears throat> the cities that uh, should be well and good but aren't, mm-hmm. and the cities that aren't well and good and repent. Uh, and it just, it reminded me of something that I heard. It was the pastor from Southland Christian in Lexington say one time when he was talking about uh, having, he planted a church in Las Vegas. And he said it was easier to talk to people in Las Vegas about Jesus than it was to talk to people in Lexington about Las Vegas, about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the people in Las Vegas knew they needed Jesus. Yeah. But the people in middle-class America think they got it all figured out. Well, we took two mission trips to New York and we told our college students, you're going to have so many opportunities to talk about Jesus because the that area mm-hmm. is much more open-minded to conversation than Southerners are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we're inundated of a culture that constantly says, says whether it's true or not, that you are Christian. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. that's just the label of culture, and and maybe you're tired of it, so you don't want to have the conversation. But in New York, they're just really open minded. That's not the culture that they are labeled, and mm-hmm. therefore conversation is easier to have about religion and about Jesus. Much more open yeah. to talk about it. Um, yeah. And so I I just thought it was interesting that there's this. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, oh shoot! It's the um, contradiction, almost uh, paradox. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. There's this paradox yeah. of 
the cities that, you know, normally you would look at and say, oh, they got it all together. They're good. And Jesus is like, nah, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That, that stuck with me. In this passage, they come back mm-hmm. and they, they're they filled with like joy and excitement. And they say in verse 17, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And this is, you know, after that is when he prays mm-hmm. for them. But it's because of their, I'm, this is my assumption then, their earnest, constant, earnest prayer mm-hmm. for the laborers and for the harvest that the power of God, the Holy Spirit just dwells within them. And th- that's truth for us too, mm-hmm. right? We talk about, I think we talk a lot about in our podcast of the power of the Holy Spirit that we don't understand. And I don't think we tap into yeah. very often. It, it is foreign to us. It is confusing. It may be uncomfortable and therefore we just don't. Yeah. So nothing's happening really then. The, we're not seeing the miracles. I'm not saying they're not happening. We're just not seeing them the way that they can happen mm-hmm. like this. Well, the problem with following the spirit is basically what Nicodemus was having when Jesus says, look, the wind blows where it wills mm-hmm. and the spirit goes and leads where he wills and man, we've got a generation of church people. We're all control freaks. Can you imagine if the Holy Spirit showed up at Trinity and we tried to get the Holy Spirit's activity on the church calendar? (laughs) Can you imagine the chaos that would break out if that happened, if the Holy Spirit did something that we hadn't announced? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even if we had, it's not going to be enough. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, church family. I mean, but it's true. Like, Mm -hmm. We can't announce it enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> people still miss it. We, mm-hmm. In one church, we, we'd finished a capital campaign. It was a big capital campaign for a new worship space. And we announced the, the day of the, you know, the church. Mm-hmm. Yay. We raised the money and pledged it. And it was great and glorious. And this lady walked up to me at the end of the church service and said, Pastor, I didn't know we were having a capital campaign. <laughs> that was my epiphany right there mm-hmm. for, for everybody in the church that says, y'all need to do a better job of communicating. Yes, we absolutely mm-hmm. need to do a better job yeah. of communicating, but they or us need to do a better job of listening. Mm-hmm. Well, but anyway, and that's the whole, that's listening back to, to the Holy Spirit right, again. Right, mm-hmm. listening, but also expectation, I guess, that, church people should have a good expectation or that God is doing things and is going to do things. And mm-hmm. sometimes those things come up and you have, you, we should roll yeah. Yeah, with it. Absolutely. We should roll with it. And it should be expectant that sometimes the, the spirit just moves. And before we know it, we've got a extra worship service on Tuesday night because people just want to gather together and praise, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. More power to them. But look at the 70 or the 72. Jesus didn't have them a a trick. What were those things called? A trip tick back in the day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He didn't say, you know, guys, put this in your GPS. You three go here. You four go here. You. He just sent them out. With nothing. Why does he send them out with nothing? Because they have to. So they can be dependent on him. Yeah. So they have to pray earnestly. They have to pray earnestly. Because they got nothing. They got nothing. And nowhere to eat nowhere unless to somebody eat, invites them in. Nowhere to stay. Yeah. yeah. 
So you're praying for the harvest, but you're also praying for those who come alongside to help you in the harvest. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, it's a chaotic yet powerful image of where the church ought to consider going back to mm-hmm. being more a, um, an organic body of Christ following the Holy Spirit and being that, um, quick to move that agile mm-hmm. you know the problem with the church is we're such a we're such an institution that if the holy spirit blows us north mm-hmm. it takes us six months to adjust to that well we mm-hmm. have to have a few meetings and committees yeah yeah for it. i don't know committees <laughs> I, and I it, poke it, at the church that i love it, <laughs> mu- it <laughs> must be it must be approved mm-hmm. that's right um but agility in the face of what the world is going through. I mean, we, uh-huh. we've all how many how many COVID bumps and dips have we been through? And yeah. we we plan things and they get canceled, or we plan things and they get postponed, or we plan things and and folks because of whatever don't come. And maybe in our planning, rather than with the calendar, we just need to be on our knees saying, "Okay, mm-hmm. God, what is it you want us to do?" Yeah, mm-hmm. which. Is really scary yeah. from you know a control freak mm-hmm. point of view, right? Well, and I, I think that that leads us into the next passage that that we have, which is the Luke eleven passage, where we get introduced to what we know as the Lord's Prayer, or at least part of what we see as the Lord's Prayer, because the, of everything that Jesus prayed and taught us to pray. It's a rote prayer, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. But when you really distill it down to what you're saying, it is incredibly dangerous from our point of view. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'll pray unless you mean it. Yeah. Is what mm-hmm. you're saying. Well, and, you know, when it says, you know, forgive us as we forgive those. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's really dangerous. Well, there's a there's a lot of movement to mm-hmm. the Lord's prayer that we pray. Yeah. Yes, that pe- it has become rote. So mm-hmm. I don't know that everybody thinks about the words mm-hmm. anymore. You yeah. just say them. And and you know, my son, his ritual, he, his routine mm-hmm. is he says the Lord's prayer every night before bed. That is his prayer. Mm-hmm. And I remember not that long ago. He's he's eleven now. He was doing something and he was getting all mad at his sister. And I'm like, dude, you just prayed the Lord's Prayer where you told God to forgive you to the same amount that you forgive others. So you need to think about how you treat your sister. And mm-hmm. like the look on his face just changed. Because I think we miss some of that. And we also miss the your will be done. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we that it's nice and easy to say, but that's that's a difficult thing mm-hmm. for us to really fully buy into. Mm-hmm. It's like your will be done as long as it matches with what I really want, God. Right, your will, my will. <laughs> your, your will, my will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also living out of a daily bread. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, that's obviously a, a pretty clear reference back to the wilderness and the manna, God taking care of his people every day. Yeah. 
And um, one day at a time. One day yeah. at a time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, this notion of uh, being mindful and living in the day and in the moment. Um, I mean, how much do we miss because we're pondering tomorrow or regretting yesterday? So mm-hmm. it is powerful, and just so happens this summer, the uh, preacher will be doing a summer, summer sermon series on prayer. Good. Uh, so Good. we're going to talk about the types of prayer, the disciplines of prayer. Uh, we're going to work some, we're actually going to work some prayer experiences into the worship services. So it's going to be a... Um, we're going to talk about it, but we're, we're going to do it and, and um, hopefully do some things that will help us be a little more comfortable uh, praying prayer. Uh, I grew up in a denomination that um, back in the 60s and 70s, any male in the church service could be called on at any time by the pastor to pray. And so you knew if you were a guy... You could be called on to pray an invocation. You could be called on to pray an offertory prayer. You could be called on to pray the final prayer in the worship service. And, you know, when you had the the preacher running around looking for um, people to pray for, you know, all the guys are going, oh, he doesn't see me. So... Uh Um, you, you, you kept some prayers loaded up in the, the artillery there. In Maybe case. if I don't look, you won't see me. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just grew up where praying in public, either at a Sunday school class or in worship. Was normal. Was normal. Mm-hmm. Still scary. Right. Yeah. Um, but not that we're going to be praying out loud in public in church on uh, during this sermon series, but we're going to work on some opportunities to uh, um, get ourselves a little bit comfortable that you're talking to God and whatever you say to God is between you and God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have this sort of, I don't know, weird part of us. We're afraid after we say amen, there's going to be a group in the choir holding up signs 6070-6155, you know, and some commentators over there. Yeah, and the graph and read blue, the invocation prayer. We counted, he we counted 15 Holy Spirit, yeah. Lords in your prayer. Father. We didn't know you could string all those titles of the God's name together uh-huh. like well, that. And we've talked about it before. There are two things I count in prayers. The number of times you invoke the name of deity. Mm-hmm. Because usually I just say God once and Jesus at the end, so twice. So the number of times you invoke the name of deity and the number of times you say just in your prayer. uh I knew you were going to say that. Like, God just, 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 just. And those of you who are speech professors know that just is a verbal stall. Um, But again, we talk about doing it, but we don't teach how to. Mm -hmm. We, We don't give people some some skill sets and some tools to I, I think people want to pray. They're just it's like well that, insecure that's because some, they don't know yeah. how. That's something the preacher, the preacher does or the deacon does. Um like we went to school and took four classes on, on prayer. prayer. We did uh-huh. not. Well I did so, not. Maybe you did. No, I, did not. I, I didn't. <laughs> but we have also sometimes this very narrow view 
of what prayer is. Like you have to be verbalizing something, but there are all these different modes of prayer that we can do, like, you know, meditative prayer, contemplative prayer and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff where, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes instead of, you know, me mentally saying, you know, a script in my head, Mm it really is just driving down the road and noticing the, the artwork that is in the sky that has been painted there and recognizing the, the amazingness of who God is mm-hmm. that he could create a world that does these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And well, that's, to me, that's also prayer. Sometimes, yes, it is intercessory and sometimes it is supplication. Mm-hmm. And I'm using big church words, you know, praying for Thanksgiving people. Thanksgiving and praying, confession, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, we've used the the labyrinth, this Lent, to remind people that just right here at the, the church, there's a, a tool to help mm-hmm. you pray and yeah. pray while you walk. And um, I, I love walking the labyrinth because you make like three turns and boom, you're at the middle and you think, mm-hmm. oh, this is really simple. Uh-huh. And then... <laughs> You you go on this circuitous route and, mm-hmm. and you realize this is what prayer is like. That that sometimes you're close to God and the things you want, and other times you you feel like you're you're walking the perimeter. Mm-hmm. But the goal is to continue to walk with God and let God draw you into the center. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know how we got off on that. It was the that's, Lord's prayer. That's okay. That's okay. okay. Well, I go ahead. Y- you have to. Go next if you're going to talk about this, because I'm about to move us into the next ones. That's fine. I just have, I have one question, yes. but yes, we questions. can do it at the end. I don't have any other questions actually okay. about any of the scriptures. Just so, this one. <laughs> so we have to move into kind of, and we'll, we'll lump them together, these last two passages, because we're moving into Holy Week next week, mm-hmm. where we see the triumphal entry and all that kind of stuff. But we will also, you know, traditionally, this is when we're talking about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane mm-hmm. and praying. And that's where we find ourselves in these last two passages, is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying mm-hmm. just before he's arrested. Mm-hmm. And in these passages, we have Jesus still praying for others. Mm-hmm. Praying okay. yeah. what he wants, but also not putting himself up on the pedestal, you know. Uh, but the the John seventeen passage, my goodness, if you read through this, I mean it's it's just a big long prayer for the world, basically for the world and for the church, yeah. <clears throat> and it is it is the high priestly prayer of Jesus, mm-hmm. and preachers love to remind people of this. It's mm-hmm. the part of the prayer has not been answered. Mm-hmm. And so if you struggle with God not answering your prayer, here's an example in the New Testament of a prayer that Jesus, the Son of God, prayed that still isn't answered. Yeah. And it's that uh, phrase in verse 11, um, we're uh, in your name. Well, I guess I should mm-hmm. read the whole verse. 
And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. Mm-hmm. And that idea of oneness or unity, the that has uh, it's not. eluded the church, mm-hmm. or the church mm-hmm. has eluded it. Yeah. But it, it's a goal to which we strive. It's a goal. And I think our unity is in our service of Christ and in our bringing the, the kingdom of God to our, our world. Um, it doesn't mean that we have to all like the same kind of music or no, speak the same language. No, doesn't, it doesn't mean that. But, but there is this, this difference. I mean, mm-hmm. some, some differences are astronomical. Some are just stylistic. But mm-hmm. um, if you struggle with God not answering your prayers, here's an example of, mm-hmm. of Jesus not having a prayer answered. And you can even say, you know, what he's struggling with in Gethsemane is the cross and going yeah. to the cross. <laughs> and, oh, God, is there another way? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, there's really a, um, a cosmic struggle at that point mm-hmm. of God dying for us. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's the one thing that even with Holy Week coming, we just we sort of lose in all this. Mm-hmm. The way that Jesus took our sins away is he died with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He died mm-hmm. with them. He, he didn't pass out. He didn't swoon. He didn't. He died. And as a human being facing death, knowing you're facing it, mm-hmm. it's just an agonizing um, human trauma. Yeah. And, and I think these these two passages, they reinforce this idea of Jesus being fully God, fully man. Mm -hmm. Because if he wasn't also fully man, then he wouldn't really have a problem with this. It wouldn't have been a a struggle. Yeah. And there's one of the mysteries of the incarnation. And and I'm surprised Becky didn't bring that up because (laughs) prayer... Prayer sort of reminds us of one of the mysteries of the incarnation because Jesus is fully God. Yes. Yeah. Why is he talking to himself? Right. Okay. You you left that one out. I was no, getting ready no, for that one, but no, anyway. Well, no, 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 because, well, I guess I don't struggle with that because mm-hmm. the two natures to me speaks of of why Jesus is is in prayer with God. There's... Mm-hmm. There's the nature of humanity that needs to have that communication like we have it. Mm-hmm. But there's also the nature of the fact that he is already God. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I, it's the two natures that he's showing us. Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. recorded, it's recorded in here of how the nature of humanity needs needs that needs. connection, relationship mm-hmm. and conversation. And what happens in the garden is that the humanity part needs the reconnection with God to create the continued resolve that this is what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. This is the only way that all of humanity can be fully saved. This Mm -hmm. is the plan. So Jesus knew it. He had was determined he would do it. Yet the human part says, for me to be strengthened in the midst of this, I, I must be in communication and connection yeah. with God. So I have to, 
I have to have prayer. It's the model again. Mm-hmm. It's everything that Jesus does in his in his ministry is is model for us what our what our life following God should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That's why he had to come in the human form, otherwise we wouldn't get it. Yeah. So I don't struggle with that part. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't gonna ask that question. Uh-huh. Okay, good. <laughs> I do have one question Uh-oh. though. Yes. Here's my, let's, here's the, the great debate. And it really has yeah. nothing to do. I mean, it does have to do with what we're talking about, mm-hmm. but it's not in any of our scriptures, but I, okay. So I'm going to tell you, I can't remember what reference in scripture this comes from, mm-hmm. but there's a reference in scripture that talks about you go to your, your prayer room, your prayer closet and you pray. Mm-hmm. And that's where you pray mm-hmm. that you, you're supposed to do it in silence and solitude that nobody else can see you. Sermon on the Mount. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what are we supposed to do? Do you do you pray in front of people or do you go to your prayer closet so nobody sees you? Okay, I'm going to ask you as the mother of two very energetic, sweet, wonderful children. You're sweet to say all those words of them about them. <laughs> <laughs> they are those things. <laughs> when they are in their high child mode. <laughs> when I aren't mean, they? <laughs> okay, they're in their high child mode. They are working on trying to forgive each other for the things they're doing to each other at that moment. They're making a whole lot of noise. Okay. A whole lot of activity. And there's something bugging you that you need to talk to God about at that moment. Where are you going to do it? Right in the middle of them or away from them? Well... I don't know if I will have the energy to walk away. <laughs> I mean, well, John Wesley. I'm trying to invoke the Lord in the midst would, of them. Well, well, again, our, our prayer closet You're right. is as much for yes. us to be. You, I get up very early in the morning because you, the older you get, your sleeping genetics just leave for some reason. And my prayer closet is wherever the dogs are not. Okay. So there's a lot of, we have we have our son's um, camper parked in our driveway. Sometimes I go to the camper. Sometimes <laughs> I go to the front porch. Um, I go to places where the dogs can't get me because when the dogs are around me, mm-hmm. early in the morning, their habit is to beg for treats. So you're distracted. I'm distracted. Right. So I go and look for places where I am not distracted. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is that the idea of the prayer closet? I think closet that then? is more the idea of the prayer closet. You had the Pharisees and the Sadducees, for that matter, and some of the scribes walking around showing how holy they were mm-hmm. and how often they prayed. And, you know, it's always the, the dude in the temple. I thank you that I'm not like this heathen <laughs> right. sinner. Right. There's some of that, but. I think a modern interpretation and application of scripture is it's a place of solitude. And I absolutely cannot have this in the same room where I'm praying. Your, mm-hmm. your phone. Because yeah. my phone starts sending me notifications at 5.30 in the morning. Right. Mm. You know, dear Doug, check and see if you're still alive. Love Fitbit. Uh, And, and, you know, if you're calling on the name of the Lord and and like all uh, pastors and and church staffs, we have lengthy 
um, prayer list and mm-hmm. you get to a name and you like to visualize the person and you like to visualize their their family and call on the name of the Lord for them and just just doing the church prayer list sometimes takes an hour mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's yep. if a we've got a small list and right now we don't have a small list yeah. so yeah. I need to concentrate and I need to be distraction free so my prayer closet is anywhere the dogs aren't. Mm-hmm. So I asked this, ultimately I asked this question and say it's a great debate because a lot of people use this particular sermon, this particular passage of go to your prayer closet to like, see, I don't need to pray in public. You don't have to ask me because mm-hmm. that's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go yeah. in my prayer closet. So you mentioning that we're going to talk about prayer and we're going to take some of the uncomfortableness out of prayer is is one of the reasons I'm asking this because mm-hmm. it's, this passage is not an excuse that you can't ever corporately pray. Yeah, no, um, and it and is because Jesus corporately prays. That's yeah. and not, we've read the, some of those passages. One of the, but I have been told by multiple people, well, I don't do that in public because God said don't do that, and because I have a special place where I do it by myself, and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? One of the purposes no. of you prayer though is to edify the church, right? And mm-hmm. so. <laughs> Sometimes I have been touched and moved and impacted by the words that somebody has said in mm-hmm. a verbal prayer. And, you know, I would hope that sometimes when I have prayed out loud in, in the refuge service or wherever, that somebody, maybe God has used the words that I've spoken to speak to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And if we take that stance of, well, no, we don't pray out loud in public because, you know, we're not supposed to, then those kind of things don't happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've got a whole list of people that I love hearing pray mm-hmm. because they're taking me to God's throne. Yeah. I'm sort of, I'm hitchhiking with them. Yeah. And... um we all know people in this church and others that if there's something going on, we want them praying for us. Yes. Because mm-hmm. we know they talk to God. Yes. And um, it is prayer is very personal, um, but I think Kyle's hit on it. What Jesus is talking about, the Sermon on the Mount, were prayers that pointed to the person praying rather than edifying or lifting people to God. Mm-hmm. And I think the... Um, Jesus is reminding his church and his people, look, giving and praying um, are to be done to honor God. And if Mm -hmm. you're doing it for any other reason, you're not God-honoring. And just to make sure you're God-honoring, let's do it in private. Mm -hmm. But again, it's in contrast to um, the Jews who, Jesus said, whenever you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners, so what? They may be seen by others. Yeah. That's right. Um, It was all about the prestige. It was all about, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Attaboys and see me Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I'm holy. Look how holy I am. That's right. Look how holy I am. So again, your prayer language and your prayer life is your prayer life and your prayer language. It's mm-hmm. how you communicate with God. And um, I just encourage you to, you know, Paul said pray without ceasing, and that can be done. Um, mm-hmm. There's some traffic places here in Ruston that drive me to <laughs> prayer. <laughs> 
There, yes, there are certain places mm-hmm. you can pray without ceasing on sure, that travel. For sure. uh, but you just you live in an attitude, and um, you live with a, a spirit of prayer, and uh, it keeps you connected to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in lots of cases, it keeps you connected to your mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won't doubt that. Mm-hmm. So, with that, uh, I, there's lots of room for responses from our listeners and viewers. Mm-hmm. And so if you're happening to be, if you happen to be watching on YouTube, then why don't you leave us a comment about something in your prayer life and, and maybe a habit that is beneficial for you, like maybe going to the camper to avoid the dogs. <laughs> well, there are, there are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, Light candles. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Becky's very familiar with the chime mm-hmm. yes. that is rung. Well, there yes. is a chime that sits on my desk, yeah. and sometimes when I'm in my office, I'll close the door and hit the chime because it's it it calls me to relax, and it mm-hmm. calls says, "Okay, body, we're about to talk to Jesus." Yeah, and um, so yeah, habits are. Habits are great. And I'm going to get up a group to go to a Trappist monastery, and we're going to pray the hours. Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. I want to see some Methodist up at 3 o'clock in the morning praying. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I could maybe do it. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, let's go, man. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, but with that, leave us your comments about your prayer life, maybe some questions or comments you have about the the model that Jesus gave us for our prayer and maybe something that stuck out to you this time you read Jesus's prayers before going to the cross. So again, like I mentioned earlier, we're moving into Holy Week. So as we move into Holy Week, uh, just be mindful of these things. Maybe take this opportunity to really bolster your prayer life or refocus your prayer life as we move closer towards the the crucifixion, and then the resurrection of Jesus. So but with that, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcast stuff. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. If you're not already, hit the like button. Share this with somebody who you think needs to hear it, but in a nice, loving way. (laughs) And with that, I will say thanks for listening. We will see you all next time.